Welcome to the Morning Sky Show with Superfly75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. <sighs> what? I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. But we here. So for those that got to work late tonight, or are you going into your third 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 shift? I, I will keep you company for the next two hours. For the next two hours, <laughs> I I will regale you with stories. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Renzo, Mr. K2B2 Handling, Edmund, what's happening? See over. All right, all right. Be wise. PJ Allen. All right, all right. The late night game. The, <laughs> the graveyard game. <laughs> out here putting in work. All right, cool. So yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but we're here now. I'm I'm up. I'm up, bro. I'm man. I'm I'm up. I'm up. Club Fortune PJ, what's happening? I'm up. I'm up. So uh, <laughs> I don't even know where do where do, where do I want to begin? Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Finally got notified. I mean, I'm, yo, YouTube be YouTubing, you know? Yeah, graveyard game. Graveyard game. Um, shit. Well, let's listen to some, uh, some ASMR from 50 Cent. <laughs> he, he, he's he got some of the best stories. Miss Phoebe, hey. Yeah. He's yeah, insomnia gang all day. So I, I want to kind of go over some 50 Cent stories. Um, cause he has, I think, hands down the best the best biopic book wise audio book I can listen to him like I can listen to him some audio books is just be like but I can listen to 50 tell his stories and he has some interesting stories 50 stay on point even when he's not on point he's still on point um I'm not liking the way that chat box is looking I'm gonna change the font on that hold up y'all let me change the font third ward boy hey y'all, y'all, yeah you be safe down there bro I know I know you you know you Texans ain't used to like real cold weather like that ice shit y'all ain't, y'all ain't y'all ain't used to the hawk coming out so yeah you be safe down there bro let me change my font on my chat box because i don't like the way it looks i'm gonna go back to what style i got i got clean i'm gonna go back to chunky yeah i like chunky better let's go back to chunky Okay, let, let us listen to a couple of 50 Cent War stories. You know what I'm saying? Simply Deep. Okay, hey, hey, it's been a minute. Creative. Okay, you know, all you, all you late night people, y'all supposed to be in bed asleep, right? But let's, let's listen to a couple 50 Cent stories. He has some of the best industry stories, hands down. This first one is, is sad, but this happens a lot. This, this story or these scenarios still continues to happen. Uh, to this day in the business, unfortunately. So 
let's get into this. How pretty much him and Shaw Money, you know, are no longer. So let's get into it. Let's go. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people miss out on a golden opportunity by chasing a check instead of maneuvering for a piece of equity. Probably the most egregious example is my former associate, Shaw Money XL. I met Shaw when I was first getting into music. Before signing the Interscope, I recorded a lot of songs for my mixtapes in the studio Shaw operated in the basement of his house in Long Island. It wasn't a professional setup by a long shot, but it got the job done. More important, Shaw provided a safe and secure space to record when a lot of bigger studios didn't want to fuck with me. Because of his loyalty and consistency during a difficult time, I considered Shaw my partner. We never formalized that relationship, but in my head, it was a foregone conclusion that when I signed my next major label deal, Shaw would eat off the situation too. So imagine my surprise when one of the first things Shaw did after I signed my Interscope deal was present the label with a $50,000 invoice. <laughs> God damn. Money, man. Listen, everybody in the business has this fear of being left behind. This is why people act the way they do. Same thing with Glorilla and her former producer. He felt that he was going to get left behind um, or get cut out. That's like an, that's a, honestly, that's probably the most commonplace feeling uh, dealing with folk that have yet to make it or, or break through. Everybody feels like they're going to be left behind. They're not going to get their just due. They're going to get stiffed or robbed or whatever the case may be. So this was not surprising, but given the cusp that 50 was on and this was messed up and even still they tried to rectify it and he still fucked it up. Let's listen to how bad shot money messes up this deal. He wanted to be reimbursed for the recording sessions we'd done at his house. That blew me away on several levels. First off, we've never discussed shot charging me for the time at his place. And if that was something he felt that he was owed, why would he submit something so overinflated? $50,000 to record in his basement. It was disrespectful. I decided to try and talk some sense in the shot. Look, I didn't think you were going to hand me a bill for what we did at your crib, I told him. But if you feel like you need to get paid for those sessions, just take $30,000 and a point off the album. I was offering less cash than he wanted, but it... Once again, he offered him thirty grand and a point. Anytime anybody offers you a point, half a point, or percentage of anything, take the percentage. People get so, um, the eyes get big and just your eyes get bigger than your stomach or whatever the case may be. The upfront money is, that's to make you go away. The point locks you in for life. Okay. The upfront money is, is money to make you go away. The point points that you're locked in for life, for life. It was actually a very generous deal. A point was an industry term that meant for every album sold, Shaw would receive 1% of the royalties. In the record business, points are what everyone is looking for. If an album really takes off, there's no limit to the amount you might make. Judging from the buzz around me, we were talking about an album that was definitely going to take off. Shaw wasn't interested in the point. Even his lawyer told him he was crazy. Take the fucking point, the guy told him. Even his own attorney. Wow, you can't mess up a bigger bag. You can't fumble a bigger bag than this. This is probably one of the biggest bag fumbles in the business I've heard of in the last 10 years. Easily, easily. One of the top three 
biggest bag fumbles I've ever. I'll give you $20,000 right now for it. What the fuck is wrong with you? He wouldn't even listen to his own attorney. Sha wanted his 50K for me and wasn't going to budge. He ended up getting it, but it would be a decision that cost him dearly. That single point on Get Rich or Die Trying ended up being worth $1.3 million. $1.3 million. One point turned into $1.3 million. That's generational wealth, people. Generational wealth. But let's go. He didn't just lose over a million dollars either. After Get Rich or Die Trying started flying off the shelves, and Tiscope offered me a $15 million deal for G-Unit Records. Once that deal was signed, I noticed Shah started hanging around my office a lot. <laughs> I guess he thought he was going to get some of that budget, too. Nope, you ain't getting none of this money. I was quick to tell him. You took your equity out of the situation when you demanded the 50000 Now you've been paid for everything you've done. Our relationship was never the same. In just a few months, I'd gone from seeing Shah as a partner I was prepared to share millions with to just another contractor. Shah undercut his own position by not understanding how to negotiate. He got fixated on that $50,000 and mm-hmm. could not get himself unstuck. Mm-hmm. This is one of the biggest mistakes you can make when entering a negotiation. Never get fixated on a number. You want the person you're negotiating with to think you're stuck, but when the right moment comes, you have to be prepared to move off it. That's not undervaluing yourself. It's just a matter of understanding successful negotiations are built on give and take. If you refuse to concede anything, the conversation isn't going anywhere. If Shah had understood that basic principle, he would have seen that there was a very easy path towards getting what he wanted, and then some. Let me show you how he should have handled it. Okay. When I offered him $30,000 and a point, he shouldn't have dismissed it out of hand. Instead, he should have come back to me with some humility. You know what, Fifth? I was tripping by submitting that bill. Don't worry about the 50K. Even if he didn't believe it in his heart, he should have sensed I was pissed and softened his position a bit. Once he had gotten me to let down my guard just a bit, he could have come back with a stronger ask. And, and, and Third World, you're right. I, I'm with you on the big crit deal, but this right here, he could have quit the business. He could have quit the business. After, after that G-Unit, if he had he played his position and, you know, took the point and then stayed in 50s good graces and whatever the case, you know what I'm saying? This, this would have been like a lifelong partnership. This would have been a lifelong um, business partnership. He was going to involve Shaw money into everything. Shaw would have had a piece of everything. He could have quit the business. All right. I know I was thirsty with the bill, but I did put a lot of time into this album. We were really in the trenches together on it. And I really appreciate you offering the point. But instead of one, could we do two points? If he had said that, I wouldn't have been upset. He was in the trenches with me, after all. He had proved his worth and loyalty. I would have probably said, let me think about it, and then count it with one and a half points. Wait, wait, let me stop. Little Hurler, I can't stand you. I can't stand you. Sis, if you ever start a YouTube channel, let me know. Because you a mess. A mess. 85 hour. <laughs> In all likelihood, that's where we would have settled. Shah would have walked away with close to $2 million from that deal alone. Plus, our relationship would have remained on strong terms. Yep. He would likely have gotten points on subsequent albums as well. Yep. 
Yep. Instead, he got only a fraction of that. Listen, he would have got points off G-Unit, Lloyd Banks, The Game, Tony Yayo, Young Buck. He missed out points on five albums. That's not including points on, on 50's next set of albums. Do you understand? Yo, he could he could he could have walked away with tens of millions of dollars just off points alone. He could have walked away with tens of millions of dollars just off points alone. Jesus, Pete. I was offering him a chance to enter a new tax bracket, and he negotiated himself into nickels and dimes due to ego, insecurity, and possibly lack of faith. That's not hustling stronger; it's hustling weaker. I believe one of the reasons Shah failed to negotiate his proper value is because he took the process personally. Maybe his pride told him he shouldn't have to ask me for anything. Maybe he didn't trust me. Or maybe it was just plain old greed. Whatever his reasons, Shah clearly let things get personal. This is the other huge mistake people make when they start negotiating. They take offense to what's being offered because they feel it's an unfair representation of what they put in. Please understand this. Negotiations are not personal. Again, I don't care if you're dealing with a longtime business partner, a friend, or a family member. The other person is never going to start at a number you think is fair. It's just not how the process works. I, 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 I thought we, we all know this, right? We all know better. Like, we know this. Like, we know this. But, you know, life is, a, is, a, is always a constant life lesson to be learned. But this is sad. Like, I feel bad for this dude almost. Like, bruh, you could have, he wouldn't have to lift a finger ever. You, wow, jeez, okay. They're always going to start at a lower number and then come up when you push back. Just how high they come up depends on how good of a negotiator you are. But they're never going to start at that number. Trust me, I've been a part of thousands of negotiations and none of Okay, see, here come Ty City. See, listen, Big Crit. What did Big Crit do at Def Jam, y'all? Come on, let y'all. Do you wanna really wanna do this right now? Y'all really wanna do this? Cause at last time I checked, I don't remember Big Crit doing big numbers over at Def Jam. This man could have walked away with tens of millions of dollars and not have to even deal with the business ever in life. Would you consider Big Crit a big uh, a big comeback from this bag fumble? Hell no. Hell no. Royalties come uh four times a year, every quarter. Okay. Um yeah, that's great. He got big crit over there. But what did big crit with the numbers looking like? You know what? Let me I'ma play this game with y'all. Y'all, you Texans, y'all got too much time on y'all hands. Y'all over there, y'all, y'all down there snowed in and shit. Dealing with with ice. Let me let me look up these numbers. Let's see what Big Crit did on Def Jam. Because y'all got time today. I got time. Let's go. Big Crit Album Sales Def Jam. Boy, y'all going. Y'all got. Okay, I got y'all. Here we go. His debut album, Live from the Underground. Okay, let's see what the number's looking like. 44th. No, 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 no. No, no. Okay, that's wrong. Something else. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Okay, let's see here. <sighs> okay, now get out of here. Okay, what is this? 
debut album, Live from the Underground, to Crit is Here. First week album sales, 20, get the fuck out of here. Ty City, Third Ward, sit your ass in the corner. Go sit your ass in the corner. 22,870. Go sit your asses in the corner for five minutes. Y'all on, y'all on music business timeout. Go sit y'all ass in the corner <laughs> for five minutes. Y'all on music business timeout. Okay. Wait, Miss Fifi, hold up. This is the backup channel. If you don't have a wrench, rel- everybody calm down because this is the backup channel. My bad, Fifi. Where you at? <laughs> I never took. Yeah, you, you guys are all. Some of y'all forgetting this is the backup channel, not the main channel. Okay. Third War says, try to come back. Try to give me pushback. Well, one thing Big Crit did was smart on Def Jam was he produced majority of the beats on this album. That saved him a lot of money. <sighs> nice try, bro. I would need y'all to go sit in the, in the music business timeout corner for five minutes. Please and thank you. You Texas guys, I give it to y'all stick together though. Southern boys stick together. I give you that. Now, can we get back to the lesson at hand? <laughs> have started where I wanted to be. Even with all the leverage I have as a proven entrepreneur and entertainer, to this day, I still have to work to get to the number I'm looking for. The key is, I never react emotionally. Even if the energy I'm projecting is of someone who's pissed off and about to walk away, internally, I'm cool. I'm just waiting to see how my energy is received. If I push and push, and the other side still won't move, then I'll walk away. But more often than not, a few pushes get me to where I want to be. And then we seal a deal. Once it's done, it's like all the posturing and threatening never happen. Everyone hugs, raises a toast, and talks about how... Okay, Ty says Shaw Money track record still legit. <sighs> but guess what? They all pale in comparison to what he could have had with 50 Cent. They all pale in comparison to what he could have had with 50 Cent and G Unit. Okay. He could have had a piece of a brand. He could have had a piece of an international worldwide brand. So no. All of it, all of everything he's done outside of this does not compare to this one situation. This one situation right here. There's no telling. You know, that's like it's like Goku. Goku, his potential is we don't know what his potential is. You don't, you know what I'm saying? The potentiality of what he could have achieved and accomplished off this deal right here. Just one point. One point would have changed his entire trajectory of life, period. I'm just saying. Excited they are to be in business together. Okay. All right. All right. That's the first story. That just is. Well, you can't. You, you couldn't have fumbled a bigger bag than, than this. This is sad. All right, let's get to some more 50 cent industry stories. Which one do I want to go? Do I want to talk about his vitamin water deal and sign a G unit? Let's talk about the homeboy situation. 
Uh oh. Let me see. What? 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 I'm just going to the comments. I'm going to the comments. It was an L, man. No, this, brother, that wasn't the L. It, <laughs> what's worse than the L? Like you might as well just, you no, know, just jump out the window. Just jump out the window. He <laughs> says, "Shot money track record still legit, brother." Stop. <laughs> Yo, this shit haunts this man every night in his dreams. I know it does. Listen, when he turns on Stars Network and see BMF and they shooting, they just shot season three and they're shooting season four of, of, of Ghost Book 3, 4, whatever. This eats at him. Man, stop. This man has nightmares of what he, of what he lost. Nightmares of what he lost. Okay, if this don't drive you to drink or do drugs or something, yeah, this should have, this should have you do, do a head-on collision. <laughs> Let's go. Bring in the hood with you. Growing up in the south side of Queens, I knew that once I made it, I was going to bring my neighborhood with me. In the streets, you're taught from a very young age, the stronger your crew is, the stronger you are. The streets are a jungle, and you want to be perceived as being part of a strong pack, not as prey. This is why most of the top rappers in the 90s made a point of championing their neighborhoods. Nas got on and brought Queensbridge with him. Biggie got a deal and brought Bedford Stuyvesant with him. In L.A., N.W.A. put Compton on the national map, and Snoop repped Long Beach a few years later. I was determined to do the same with Southside. For the first several years of my career as a rapper, Everywhere I went, the South Side came with me. Tony Ayo and Lloyd Banks of G-Unit weren't guys I met at some industry conference. They grew up around the block from me. You saw the neighborhood in my videos and during my live shows. And most important, you heard it in my music. I wanted that energy near me at all times. Today, I call that energy the homeboy complex. When you feel the need to keep your homies as close to you as possible. My homeboy complex was the main reason I bought Mike Tyson's mansion in Connecticut. When I came off my first tour for Get Rich or Die Trying, suddenly I had $38 million burning a hole in my pocket. Shit. Woo. Is that pre or post taxes? But still, he said he had 38 mil burning a hole in his pocket. Terrible. But let's go. Around the same time, I did an interview with a journalist who casually mentioned that Tyson was selling his home. Oh, I'm going to buy that, I replied. I had just been talking shit, but a couple of weeks later, I found myself in Hartford, Connecticut. I consider Hartford a music mecca. It's close to New York, but just far enough away that it has its own energy and taste. I found that if a song from a New York artist creates a buzz in Hartford, there's a good chance that it can break in the rest of the country. So I tried to stop through as often as possible to take the pulse of what people were listening to. On this trip, I realized I wasn't too far from Tyson's place. So I had someone call up the broker and went over to check it out. Once I was there, the vibe and scale seemed right for me. The money wasn't an issue. I bought it outright with a wire transfer the next week. I'm not even mad at that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Let's go. Let's go. There was no family living with me at the time. So I didn't really need a house with 18 bedrooms and 25 bathrooms. Not to mention a movie theater, indoor and outdoor pool, indoor and outdoor basketball courts, a nightclub named TKO, and 17 acres of land. But I bought it so that the South Side would literally be under the same roof as me. 
18 rooms, 25 bathrooms, 17 acres. Wow. And you know the funny part is, the, 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 I think the, the one part I think everybody will probably miss, the fact that two black men had owned it, now they don't. The fact that two black men used to own it, now neither one of them don't. Okay, let's go. There would be nights out in the middle of the country, the closest city, Hartford, Connecticut, was 10 miles away. With Yo, Dick, you know what? Izzy, Izzy, that shit still don't sit right with me. The fact that, once again, Buster was there, he saw the shooter, and he still won't tell to this day. To this day, Buster will not tell the cops who shot his so-called best friend bodyguard, Izzy. And his family's been like, why won't you tell the people what you saw? And, you know, Buster replies with that, I don't, you know, the streets are handling it, the streets are handling it. Buster Rhymes is the worst friend to have. The worst. Okay, let's go. If you closed your eyes, you swear you were standing on the corner of Sufton Boulevard. There was music playing, people dancing, and dice rolling. The same people I grew up with eating Chinese food takeout on the stoop or being served by waiters at my dining room table. And instead of watching a bootleg DVD on a grimy couch... I was able to show a first-run movie in my own movie theater. Doing things like that for people I came up with gave me more validation than selling millions of records. At the time, it seemed like a necessary move. Today, I come to accept that it was one that I didn't have to make. Mm -hmm. First off, that house cost way too much money to maintain. I was spending close to $70,000 a month on maintenance alone. On maintenance alone, I can only imagine. seventy grand a month, y'all. 70 grand a month just in maintenance. Wow. Let's go. I don't care how rich you are. You never get comfortable paying a $70,000 utility and maintenance bill every month, especially when you're on the road most of the time. Bill Gates would look at a bill like that and say, do we have to run the AC every night? <laughs> it was great to be able to have 18 bedrooms at my disposal, but I could only sleep in one of them at a time. I had to concede that I wasn't using that home correctly. In many ways, the estate came to serve as a metaphor for my relationship with the hood. Yes, it served a purpose for me initially. I got a lot of support from my roots, and I gave a lot of people opportunities they would never have had otherwise. But it was time to cut the cord. Mm. I didn't cut everyone off. The core group I mentioned is still very much a part of my life and business pursuits. Once again, shot money could have been in that core group. Shy Money could have been in that core group. 50 is very loyal. He's a cancer. So I know how they, you know, he's a very loyal guy. And you never heard anyone ever talk about a bad business deal from 50 or with 50. All right. So, yeah, Shy Money, I don't give a fuck what he done did outside of this. This is the biggest, man, I know this shit eats at him. I, it has to. But a lot of folks who were with me for a long time got let go. The 18-bedroom mansion has been downsized to an apartment, though a pretty damn nice one. My two-hour commute is down to 20 minutes. I'm not sure why I even waited so long to make the move. At first, money was part of it. At one point, I'd even been talked into listing the house at over $15 million, which was an unrealistic price. When someone puts a number in your head, every time you move off that number, it feels like a loss. Mm. You can't get tricked into thinking that way. I might not have gotten what I wanted for the property. But in the end, I didn't care about losing money, and I ended up giving the proceeds to charity anyway. 
I had won by moving on with my life. I cleared my plate and refocused on the future instead of being held down by a relic of the past. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. That's deep. A relic of the past. That's deep. Okay. Okay. Wow, that was deep. All right, this next one uh, explains why he signed to G-Unit. This should be interesting. This should be interesting. My first record deal was with Jam Master J's JMJ Records, which I signed when I was around 21 years old. Jay is the guy who taught me how to actually put together a song. Before I met him, I was just spitting over beats without any direction. Jay groomed me. He slowed me down and showed me how to incorporate melody and structure into a fully fleshed out hit song. Those were critical skills for me to develop, but at the end of the day, JMJ wasn't a real label. It was more of a production company. Jay had a studio where he recorded artists, and sadly where he would later be murdered. Once he thought an artist was polished enough, he would bring their music to an actual label, like Atlantic or Def Jam, to pitch to their A&R department. If the label was into the music, Jay would sign a deal for JMJ. Then in theory, the artist would get paid out of Jay's deal. I wasn't aware at first that that's how it worked. I thought once I'd signed to JMJ, I officially made it. I won't ever claim to be the smartest guy in the room, but I do catch on to things pretty quickly. Once I realized JMJ wasn't going to put my records out directly, I said, nah, this ain't it, and asked for an exit. Jay didn't want to let me go scot-free, and in the end, I had to pay him $50,000 to get out of my contract. After that, I hooked up with a production duo, the Trackmasters, and through them was able to do a real deal with Columbia Records. I recorded a bunch of songs for my debut album, but then things stalled. More on that shortly. Before the album could come out, I got shot. As the rumors began to spread about what was behind the shooting, Columbia panicked and dropped me. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, wow. The, why he got shot is extremely deep. Uh, pretty much everybody knows it was Supreme. Um, one of the reasons why is because 50 was one of the few guys that was not scared of, that was not scared of Supreme. And Supreme knew that. And part of it was to kind of show force. Um, but like I said, that New York part of history, Lil Hurler, I, you know more than I do. She knows more about it than I do. I just know bits and pieces. And then at one point, Curtis Schoon was implicated in the, in the shooting of Jam Master J, which he had nothing to do with. And, you know, and then we come to find out Jam Master J was selling, he was running dope and all types of grimy shit. Um, New York, man, wow. Yeah, I'm not going to talk on that because that's none of my goddamn business. But basically, 50 wasn't scared of Perrine. Cream knew that and take it for how you want. And then the shooter that shot, uh, who was it? Was it Hami? He got, it's, it's New York shit, man. What can I say? Yo, um, wow. Um, Bertha, thank you for the 50 on the cash app. Wow. Okay. Shout out to us loyal cancerian spirit. Yes. Us cancers. Yes. Thank you. That's so, it's so generous of you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Shout out to the cancers. God damn it. We are not emotional. We just feel. We're not emotional. We just feel. A lot. And we feel deep. But we're not overly emotional. I hate that tag that, oh, you're a cancer. You're, you're, you guys are emotional. No, we're not emotional. Some of us are empaths. Some of us just feel really deep. Okay. All right. Let's continue. 
No cancer slander. At that point, I was almost 25 years old. Very young for a teacher, a doctor, or a lawyer, but not so young in the euphorian culture like hip-hop. Wait, wait, wait. Little Hurley, where you at? <laughs> what you say? Shh, no habla inglés. Hey, that's... Listen, there's plenty of uh, YouTube channels that have broken down the story between 50 and, and Supreme. It, they tell they tell it all, but I'm not going to attach that shit because, you know, you say the wrong thing out of, out of context. People be like, you said, and it's like, no, bro, it's not what I said. So, yeah, basically 50 wasn't scared of Supreme. One of the few guys, Tony Ayo confirms that. Tony Ayo, like, confirmed that, yeah, he, he wasn't scared of Supreme, and Supreme knew that, and. At one point, they had words and take it for what you want. All right, let's go. Let's go. Worse, I was perceived as damaged goods. On top of being shot, I'd already forced my way out of one deal and been dropped by a major label. Most people in the industry didn't think I was worth the headache. A lot of rappers in my situation would have felt very uneasy. They would have worried that their dream was about to slip out of their reach. Racked by anxiety and confusion, if a label, any label, offered them a deal, they probably would have signed it that day. And yet, that wasn't my mentality. I didn't care about what had already happened to me. I wasn't signing anything unless I was sure it was the best deal for me. In that moment and going forward, my past wasn't going to cloud my vision for the future. I, I will say for the, I, I've had, I have NDAs against track masters. They are grimy. They do steal tracks. I don't give a fuck with anybody. I said it. Yeah, they steal, they steal tracks. They, they, jeez, I don't even want to get back into that shit. But yes, I have NDAs against Trackmasters, Swiss, Pharrell, <laughs> Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah, they're lifelong NDAs, but I don't give a, what the fuck you going to do? I'm broke. I ain't got shit. Sue me for what at this point? But no, they, they all steal, stole, steal, stealing, whatever the case may be. Yes. Trackmasters, don't get me wrong. Tone and poke when like. When it's just them, they are super producers. I will not take anything. I've seen those guys work, but they had so much work coming in. You know, they got, they were overwhelmed at one point and just it's like, fuck it. You don't have time to be, you don't have time to be creative. You just start taking people's submissions and taking the beats and rearranging shit and whatever the case may be. But Tone and Poke are A-list producers. Like, don't sleep on Tone and Poke. They can produce their asses off. If you just sit them down and leave them alone. All right, but they grimy as fuck. Fuck them. Anyway, let's go. The first deal I got offered was from Universal. They said they wanted me, but when I had a lawyer review their contract, I learned the actual deal they were offering was a joint venture with $1.3 million for a solo album and a G-Unit project. I saw it for what it was, a way for them to work with me while hedging their bets. I wasn't looking to partner with anyone who wasn't prepared to go all the way in with me. I passed on Universal. Then a guy named 3H from Capitol Records reached out. He flew me out to L.A. my first trip to the West Coast. When I got there, I was surprised to see he was this little white kid. It seemed crazy to me that he already had so much juice. But I thought it was ill he had already maneuvered himself into this position of power. He was hungry and cocky, not unlike myself. I was very tempted to work with him. Then his boss at Capitol got cold feet. He told Triple H I was too scary and that he didn't want bodyguards at his house. He wasn't incorrect. There was a menacing aura around me at the time, and bodyguards followed along everywhere I went. I wasn't going to try to convince someone who couldn't see my value. As much as I liked Triple H, 
I knew that capital wasn't the right situation either. At the time, I was represented by Violet. Chris was my manager and someone I leaned on for advice. He supported me when I didn't take those deals, but I could tell it wasn't easy for him. Chris had to worry if I was ever going to give him a return on his investment in me. Yes, I had the streets buzzing through my mixtapes, but I had a lot of baggage too. The safe move would have been to take one of those deals and finally get my debut album out. Things got even more complicated when Todd Moskowitz, who was working with Chris at Violator, lined up a deal for me at J Records. Todd said it was the perfect situation. I'd be working with the industry legend Clive Davis, which would calm a lot of folks' fears about me. Todd pushed hard for me to sign with J Records. At almost the same time Todd was making his push, I got word that Eminem was interested in signing me to Shady Records, his imprint on Interscope. I knew right away that that was the right situation. The Marshall Mathers LP had just sold $22 million. M was the reason so many white fans were embracing hip-hop culture. It was the type of association you might get access to only once in a lifetime, if you're fortunate. I was faced with a difficult decision. Today, people believed I would have succeeded no matter what label I signed with. Go in the chat rooms and message boards, and you'll even see fans claiming things like, 50 was so hot back then, he could have signed with Koch and still sold low on records. Yeah, I was hot, but even if my ego would like to believe otherwise, my career wouldn't have had anywhere near the same trajectory had I signed anywhere other than Interscope. Not Koch, not Universal, not J Records. It wasn't just Eminem's presence either. Interscope gave me access to Dr. Dre, one of the greatest producers of all time. There was no other team out there that could match the power of that tag team. I knew I had been groomed for the moment by all my other failures and misses. When that door opened, even just a crack, no one had to tell me twice to walk through it. Before I could take the step, though, Todd Moskowitz had to get out of the way. The J Records deal would mean money for Violator. The Eminem deal wouldn't. Todd refused to let it go. So some of my crew and I had to go to Violator to discuss the situation. Todd came on very aggressively, explaining that we were contractually obligated to sign his deal. Okay, pay attention. Let's go. I looked at Chris for help, but he shrugged his shoulders like there was nothing he could do. He was caught between what was best for his artists and what Todd thought was best for his company. It was a surreal situation, listening to this guy in a sports jacket and dress shoes trying to convince me I should pass up on the opportunity of a lifetime to sign what I knew was a lesser deal. What Todd was saying didn't sit right with me or my people. We expressed our concerns. We might have been a little aggressive in articulating them. At one point, I remember Todd running out of his office and down the stairs towards the street, his dress <laughs> shoes clicking and clacking on the steps the whole way down. <laughs> Suffice it to say, that was the last of any talk about me signing to J Records. Interscope would be my new home. We all know how the deal turned out. It made me one of the biggest stars in the history of hip-hop. But I have to stress this again. At the time, it was not a clear-cut decision. It was harder to tell Violet or no. I didn't give a rat's ass what Todd Moskowitz wanted, but Chris was a good friend. Passing on J Records put him in a tough spot. Which now I'm I'm guessing that he, of course, had to give gave Chris some money just on GP because of the situation. I know he did because that, I'm sure that's how he, that, that's the right thing to do. Like give him give him a point or something. Give him some money. He had, at the very least give him some money. I'm sure that's what he did though. He stuck with me when a lot of other folks had abandoned me. He kept it real when others had blown smoke up my ass. 
it would have been a lot easier to just sign the J Records deal, get a good check, and make everyone happy. It would have been a compromise, but one a lot of people could have lived with. Not me. You cannot, under any circumstances, compromise when it's your vision on the line. You have to be prepared to go against popular opinion and turn down money, even if it jeopardizes your relationships, until you're confident you found the right opportunity. Would you marry a man just because he proposed? Or a woman because your friends think she's great? I hope not. You don't make a commitment like that just because someone else wants you to. I don't care if you're single, 37 years old, and every time you talk to your mom, the first thing out of her mouth is, when you giving me a grandchild? You wait until you're 100% sure he's Mr. Right before you even think about saying yes. Would you put an offer on the house because the agent you're working with is getting tired of showing you around and just wants his commission? Hell no. You get another agent and go from open house to open house until you finally find a home you can afford that you're excited to spend the rest of your life in. When you settle, you're demonstrating a lack of confidence. If your journey hasn't been easy, you might start to question the value of what you're doing. Maybe you better grab the next thing to get offered before you never get offered anything again. When you begin thinking like that, you've lost the hustler spirit. I was recently talking to a friend who was struggling to find that confidence. He started a business from the ground up and poured his heart and soul into it. After years of hard work, he found success and bigger companies started making offers. He looked at where his industry was heading and decided it was the right time to sell. He entered negotiations with one company and spent months and months going over terms of the deal. He spent tens of thousands of dollars on lawyers. Then, just before he was about to sign on the dotted line, the other company pulled out. Mm. The deal was dead. My friend was stunned. It seriously messed him up. He had already started thinking about that dream house he would buy with the proceeds, vacations he'd take his kids on. He'd seen all those zeros in his bank account, and now they were gone. He was depressed. He felt like he had spent so much time and money for nothing. The idea of starting new negotiations gave him anxiety. He told his lawyers to find the quickest deal they could. He wasn't worried about fit. He wasn't worried about long-term potential. He just wanted to get something done. He'd lost confidence in his value. It was time for a pep talk. He needed to reconnect with the hustler spirit that led him to start the business in the first place. Remember, if just one person was interested, that means your idea has value, I reassured him. There it is there. Okay, wise words from from the sage 50 cent. Let's continue. Don't panic. Don't settle for something else unless it's right. There are companies out there who prey on people in your exact situation. Don't walk into their trap. Get back to work and wait for the right partner to emerge. I could address his uncertainties directly because I could relate to what he was feeling. When you pour everything you have into something and it doesn't work out, insecurity sets in. That's when you're vulnerable. The predators will sense that self-doubt and try to take advantage of it. I felt the same kind of vulnerability after I got dropped from Columbia. The self-doubt started to sabotage my energy. My fans probably didn't sense it, but it was there. Thankfully, my hustler spirit was stronger than any pessimism that might have infiltrated my spirit. I had the confidence and patience to wait until the right deal was in front of me. I believed in my value, and eventually I was rewarded for it. Man, listen, if 50 ever went the Tony Gaskins route or Tony Robbins route and just did motivational shit. (laughs) Yo, can you imagine Tony 50 being the next, like, the black Tony Robbins, like, 
I'm I'm with it. I, I'm I'm down. I'm down. In just a couple of years, I went from being dropped to releasing one of the best-selling hip-hop albums of all time. Now, the guys that I used to sit next to that I hustled with, they would say I was lucky the Interscope came after me. But as my grandmother would say, you are truly blessed. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the last one. Is this the last one? Yeah. So the last one will be uh, his vitamin water deal. All right, let's get to it. Vitamin water. That was the principle behind one of the best business decisions I ever made, which was my deal with vitamin water back in 2004. Today, I'm celebrated for that decision. But like when I signed with Eminem, at the time, it had a lot of people scratching their heads. That includes Chris Lighty, who was skeptical when I first told him I wanted to invest in a water company. Sell water to who, he asked. At the time, a lot of rappers were making money promoting liquor like Hennessy or Cavassier. In Chris's mind, booze was the smarter space to invest in. There was a method to my madness, though. I knew through personal experience, people don't always drink alcohol at live events. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're under 21 or don't want to shell out $20 for a stale beer. One thing that's always available and popular at any concert, however, is water. It's always going to be the top-selling beverage at events. One day I was walking through the water aisle in the supermarket and noticed a premium brand selling for $3. Then I saw the no-name brands were going for closer to $0.75. I thought to myself, if you blindfolded me, there's no way I could tell which one was which. The premium brand had just done a better job at marketing and promoting. That was another breakthrough. It had never occurred to me before, but just like booze, you could mark up water. Not to mention... Water was a more authentic representation of my lifestyle. I don't really drink alcohol, but I definitely consume lots of water. And because I consume so much of it, I know drinking pure water alone got boring. To switch things up a bit, I started drinking flavored water. One day I was working out in the gym in L.A., and my trainer gave me a bottle of something called vitamin water. I took a swig and liked it so much that I made a mental note that that was a company I should invest in. Just to make sure I didn't forget, I actually threw my empty bottle in my gym bag. When I got back to my hotel, I called Chris and told him about the flavored water that I like so much. He did some research and found out it was distributed by a company called Glasso that was based in Queens of all places. With my insistence, we decided that this is the brand that I should be working with. Once I sold Chris on my vision, we hatched the plan. During a commercial for my Reebok sneakers that showed me working out in the boxing gym, we snuck in a shot of me taking a sip of vitamin water. It was barely half a second, but it was enough. A friend of Chris's who worked at Glasso saw the spot and reached out to see if I'd be interested in an endorsement deal. They had just developed a new product called Formula 50 because it contained 50% of the RDA of seven vitamins and minerals. Who better to sell Formula 50 than me? I agreed, but I counted with something different than the standard endorsement deal. Okay. Instead of taking a five- or six-figure deal to appear in the ads, I wanted to invest in the entire company. Instead of taking cash from them, I actually wanted equity in the company. As you should. It was a very aggressive ask, and it caught Glasso off guard. They weren't opposed to the idea, but they were nervous about getting into a business with me on that level. They only knew me as a rapper who'd been shot nine times, and they weren't sure they wanted to be associated with that sort of energy. 
It's not even that. I think it's more that they they put him in a box. They're like, he's just a rapper. What does he know about business? And the moment you make a business move or a business proposal, that and, and given the look, the way you look, that will scare some execs. They're like, oh wait, you're smart, <laughs> you're intelligent. Oh no, <laughs> that could be a problem for some people. <laughs> I needed to put their minds at ease, so I took a meeting with the company CEO. I didn't show up with an entourage, just Chris and me. I expressed how much respect I had for their brand. I was already a loyal consumer and how hard I planned to work at spreading the word. I didn't give off the arrogant attitude or aggressive energy they probably were expecting. I presented myself as someone who saw a special business opportunity and was prepared to work his ass off to make Listen, I, I, I've, I've always liked Olivia. I hate that she didn't really get her fair shake. And then, you know, after they kicked her out of the group and he was calling her a man and all this extra shit, like... You know, I, yeah, I hate that they did her dirty like that because I like Olivia, like, you know, but okay. It happened. And that was the truth. My approach helped them get over their apprehension and we were able to strike an equity deal. The next order of business was to reimagine Formula 50. To me, vitamin water was just a more upscale version of quarter water. The flavored drinks you would get in bodegas for 25 cents a pop. As anyone from the hood can tell you, the most popular flavor of quarter water has always been great. No one from the hood was trying to mess with lychee or passion fruit flavored water, which was what they had been thinking about. Formula 50 had to be great to resonate with my base. Glasso respected my vision and changed the flavor to great. Once everything was settled, I promoted the hell out of vitamin water. I was on billboards and bus stop ads across the country. I filmed the iconic commercial where I conducted a symphony orchestra playing in the club while taking sips of Formula 50. It seemed everywhere you looked, I was extolling the virtues of vitamin water. Glasso's market share began to rise, and the beverage industry took notice. So much so that in 2007, Coca-Cola purchased Glasso for $4.1 billion. Of course, I got a piece of that. I'd like to give you a number, but I signed a non-disclosure agreement to never name the actual price. <laughs> nice. Let's just say I did very, very well. It was the biggest come up in my life, which I later celebrated in the song, I Get Money. I took quarter water sold in the bottles for two bucks, then Coca-Cola came and bought it for beans. What the fuck? What the fuck was definitely what the rest of hip-hop was asking once they heard how much I made. There had been groundbreaking hip-hop deals before. Run DMC and Adidas, LL Cool J and FUBU, but nothing even remotely on this level. In an environment where everyone was looking for the next deal, I had identified with something that was sitting in plain sight, but no one else had been able to see. I was confident enough in my vision not to get caught up worrying about the upfront money. To be fair, I was still riding high off of the success of my recording career and wasn't pressed for another 100K. I understand that not many people may find themselves in that position. Still, no matter what your situation is financially, if you really believe in something, I'd always recommend that you go for a piece of equity over an upfront payday. I mean, the stories with uh, who pa who had the shoe deal and passed up the equity and took the money. It was was it Magic Johnson? Somebody, one of the old school NBA guys. They offered him equity, and he just took the money, and it would have been worth a billion dollars had he just took the equity. I forget who that was. It was a it was a long time ago. But it was one of those old NBA dudes. That was offered equity in, in uh, whatever 
shoe company that was an upstart company, and they just took them upfront money. Never take the upfront money. Ever, 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 ever. When you ask for equity, you're essentially betting on yourself. When I did that with vitamin water, it was a fairly unique bet to make. Now with the rise of startups, it's a form of compensation that a lot of people are looking for, especially in the tech and media fields. It's always smart to negotiate for equity, but you also have to be savvy about what sort of equity you're getting because all slices of the corporate pie are not always equal. If you're about to negotiate a deal with a company that might include equity, the first thing you must do is hire a lawyer. I don't care if you're broke, this is something you must do. Borrow the money if you have to. Then make sure it's someone who's familiar with corporate governance. Don't hire your cousin who does real estate work or the guy that handled your divorce because they'll do it a little cheaper. Get someone who specializes in these kind of contracts. Spending a few extra dollars at this stage, even if it hurts for a minute, can save you a ton of money down the road. You should also familiarize yourself with some basic issues so that you're educated when you do speak with someone. Most people aren't going to be in the same position I was in with vitamin water, where I could actually get a piece of the company. Instead, you're probably going to be in a situation where the company is offering you a lower salary offset by stock options. Before you can determine if that's a good deal, you need to know the overall valuation of the company. If the company already put out an IPO, an initial stock offering, you can calculate its market value by multiplying the company's stock price by the number of shares outstanding. If it hasn't issued any stock yet, it's going to be harder to figure out. You're probably going to have to ask the founders what their method of determining the valuation of the company was. Listen to this man talk stock options, y'all. <laughs> Listen to this man talk this business. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love when our own can have these conversations and expound on these topics and break it down and just present it to you in a way that you easily digest it. I love this shit. If they don't want to tell you or give you a vague answer that doesn't make sense, then it's probably not a deal you want to pursue anyway. If you're being offered stock, you need to know whether it is vested or not. Most stock options are vested, which means you have to stay with the company for a certain amount of time before you can cash them in. If your option does invest for four years, you need to ask yourself if you're comfortable staying with the company that long. Mm -hmm. If not, the equity might not be worth it. A lot of times, people hear the terms equity or stock options and think that they've hit the lottery. It is true that equity and stocks are one of the quickest ways to get a lot of money. But you can't just walk into a startup situation blindly. You have to educate yourself and ask a lot of difficult questions early in the process. That way, if the startup you're working for does become one of the rare ones that sees its value skyrocket, you're going to be perfectly positioned to reap the rewards. Yeah, these are conversations that angel investors have when they deal with startups. Peter Thiel is probably one of the most well-known angel investors on the planet. Peter Thiel um, helped get uh, Facebook their seed money, whatever, him and... and um, yeah, it was mainly him, but I forget who the other guy was. But anywho, yeah, this is angel investor talk. But yeah, okay, let's go. I've seen a lot of people miss out on a golden opportunity by chasing a check instead of maneuvering for a piece of equity. You know what? Um, let me let me piggyback off that comment, little hurler. Yeah, Reebok, because Iverson was spending so much money of his Reebok money, they put a trust up for him that he couldn't touch until he was 50 years old because they knew he was going to burn through his money. Reebok did that for, for AI. AI is still out here 
Lord, let me. Okay, let me go on my AI. My AI rant. AI. And I say this out of love and kindness. Okay. I say this out of somebody that I believe I have amassed a little bit of wisdom. Okay. And all my shenanigans and all my screw ups and all my setbacks and failures. I've learned some things. I've learned to observe things. Angry man is the YouTube version of AI. Arrested development. Every time I look at Alan Iverson, this nigga is stuck in the two thousands. Okay. He's stuck in that area, in that era of his heyday. This man is pushing 50 and still dresses like a 20 year old. He was burning through so much money. The white folk at Reebok said we had to save him from himself and set the trust up for him for $50 million that he could not touch until he turned 50. The white man had to save you from your damn self. The evil white man had to save you from your damn self. AI still out here. <laughs> chains and 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 stupid jewelry just stupid just looking like a t i'm telling y'all hip-hop is nothing more than a display of arrested development period oh my god okay enough of my rant <laughs> enough of my rant what what um <laughs> Enough of my rant. Let me get to um uh what's my next topic? Where's my next topic? It is oh DJ Kuda, yes, okay. Yes, yes, but let me do this real quick. Let me change my font one more time. I want to make it a little bit bigger. It looks too small for me. It looks a little tiny. Let's put some weight on the font of my in my chat box. Let's put some muscle mass on it. Uh, let's see, text size, font size. Let's do a bigger font. Let's do 34. Yeah, let's, let's put my font in the gym so I can get some muscle mass. All right. Second topic of tonight. <sighs> now it's going to be like, Sly, you're taking shots again and you're, you're being petty. No, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. Shout out to DJ Kuda. Now, regardless of how you feel about DJ Kuda, when he's right, he's right. When he's right, he's right. So let's get into this. Blake Masters is the protege of Peter Thiel. Okay, thank you. Thank you. She said he fine with his dense ass. Lord, what is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> what, what is wrong with you? Yes, the the evil white man had the had the caucasity to set money aside for him when he gets older so he can live 
a decent life. The caucasity of it, y'all. The utter caucasity. How dare you, evil white man. Makes me wonder if Game dropped the book, would it get the same gems as I did read? I wouldn't listen to a, a, an audio book taking advice from the game. He's a perfect, perfect example of what you don't do. How many laws of power did he break while he was in G-Unit? Even Jimmy Iovine was like, man, chill. Like, you guys could have been, could have been the rap version of the Beatles. He tells that story all the time. You know. All right. Yeah, that's white supremacy. <laughs> yes, the caucasity of it. Like, how dare you set up a trust fund for this man so he can still have some money to take care of himself and his children and when he, in, in his 50s? Because they saw a train wreck. They saw a train wreck. The white man had to step in and say, man, you are spending way too much money we gave you. Right? Yeah. All right. Let's get to DJ Kuda. Once again, shout out to DJ Kuda. Um, <laughs> yeah, he lost the war. He surely did. And he won them battles. It was some great battles, but the war, he, he did lose the war. He very much so lost the war. Now, why am I talking about DJ Kuda? Because DJ Kuda is over there in Thailand. And he's, try, he's trying to give you brothers game on how y'all looking over there in Thailand. And y'all looking real crazy. Matter of fact, we got two examples of how, how you niggas over there in Thailand making everybody else look crazy. And yes, Austin Holloman is the second guy we're going to talk about. But anywho, let's let DJ Kuda tell it in his words. Once again, shout out to him. When he's right, he's right. So let's guys, go. I'm currently in Thailand. This is my girlfriend. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. Do you, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh my god! You want to you want to introduce yourself? Listen, this is the time that y'all need to learn to take social cues, read the room, take the temperature, uh, uh, gauge body language. Uh this is the perfect time for y'all to learn and spruce up on these things. Listen, a woman will tell you if she's not feeling you. Okay. The, the look on this one, she cast sis. I don't mean. Let's continue with the nonsense. Mm. No, you don't want to do she, she, she a little shy right now, bro. <laughs> no, nigga, she's not shy. She just don't ain't feeling you. You make her dry. Listen, if you want to watch a woman dry up, this is the moment when her 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 vag just said, "I'm good." Let me let me let me run it back and we're gonna pause it the moment her vag goes dry. She's so pretty. She's mm -hmm. so pretty. Okay, it's, it's starting it's starting to get do, there. Do you wanna introduce yourself? You wanna That is the moment her her vag just said That's when it went it went from water to sand. It you wanna from, introduce yourself? It went from water to sand. Ah Yeah. Water to sand. <laughs> wait i checked out a passport bro group on facebook all i see is ugly black men with six seven and eight from thailand and brazil <laughs> hey the word is out mm. no you don't want to introduce you she's she a little shy right now no she ain't shy bro she's my new girl she's my new here. girlfriend she's a little shy but she is pretty though i like her maybe we'll get married someday maybe we'll have wow have kids you know have a bunch of babies running around. No. Living the life. Tell him. So can you cook? Can you cook? 
Yes, she... I can cook. I can clean. Yeah, see, this is why I came to Thailand to find a traditional woman. See, in the United States, oh, here we go. women don't cook and clean. All they do is complain, and we don't got time for that. That's why I got my passport, and I've left. I've left the United States to come seek a wife to have a traditional relationship. So, yeah, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. This is my new girl right here. <laughs> mm. So, guys, you'll be seeing her a lot more, hopefully. And, um, you know, we'll get to know each other. I hope you guys subscribe to my channel, man. More men, more United States men need to get their passports and come to Thailand. Find them a traditional wife. Do, do, do y'all understand how bad the optics are on black men, period, at this point? Do you understand how utterly, how utterly crazy y'all look and sound? Do, do you understand? Like, I can hear vagus just drying up all around me, Okay. They're all, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. Okay, let's go. Find them a traditional woman because the women in the United States, they don't do us no good. They're not traditional. They don't want to be traditional. They want a traditional man without a tradition, without them being traditional. So they want traditional while they're modernized. And we don't want to modernize them. We want a traditional woman. She can cook. She can clean. She's a good woman. And I truly love this girl. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Oh I love her so much. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. <laughs> get your passports. Stop thinking about it. If you got to save your money, save your money. Get your passports and plan ahead. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I bet she's a freaking bed. I bet she throws down in bed with her little young self. I bet she throws down in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, she don't have to do nothing much for him, right? Just a little touch, a little pet, and he's just like, I love you. Like, she ain't got to do much. In, I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go, let's go. I'm out, guys. Peace. Okay, so we're going to let DJ Kuda break it down because DJ Kuda is over there. Like, I think everybody that goes to Thailand that's under the age of 30 should ch automatically check in with Kuda. I think it should be mandatory that you check in with DJ Kuda if you're under the age of 30 and you're going to Thailand. Like, check in with the big homie. Kuda is the big homie of Thailand. Go check in with him. All right. What's going on? Shout-outs to everybody here. How are you doing? I am your host today, DJ Kuda. And I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, uh, this video that you just watched. Um, I'll put it on again and watch it so with this young man. She's so pretty. Wait, Kuda, what this nigga this what's his nigga channel? Kuda show it up so I can see his channel again, brother. Show it so I can put it up so I can see his channel. What's his channel so I can find him? See? What is that channel? Wait, ah, damn it. What is it? Trying to find it. You show it too quick. I wanna find this nigga. I wanna find this nigga. Ah, She is wifey material, Mr. Passport Bro. Oh, buddy. You guys are the gift that keeps on giving. Let's do this. Mr. Passport Bro. 
You guys are the gift that keeps on giving. Uh-oh, did I find him? Oh, I found him. Oh, I found him. Lord have mercy. Lord, ha you know what? Let's just let's just take a look. See. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let's let's hear this this man. Okay guys, so I had to make another video because the last video I was about to upload, I don't, I'm not gonna upload it. People are sensitive and I don't I really don't have time for it. Now before I start this video, I want you guys, I want to talk to you guys about something. The words that I'm going to use are very simple and I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna tell you why I'm using these words. People are sensitive, YouTube is sensitive, and I don't got time for it. So modern day country means America. Okay, modern day person means woman, modern day American woman. Okay, that's the only time I'm gonna say this. This is the only terminology I'm gonna use. So when I say modern day, I hope you guys know what I mean. So let's get to the video, guys. So, in modern day country, right, modern day peoples are upset because the passport bros movement is growing. They're upset that they're making videos, they're mad because the American men are leaving modern day country so they can go find somebody foreign have a wife and have kids without the burden of the state putting them on child support and alimony now i love how they use other men's pain like don't use my issues with child support as your your calling card or, or you waving the flag because you don't understand don't do that i hate when they do that and they take other guys' issues and take it on like they're going through it. Like you, you have no idea what this is like to go through it. So don't champion my cause that you're only using basically to gain sexual access to women. Because you really don't give a fuck about what happens to men like that. You really don't. This is the type of shit I hate. But let's, okay, yes. Black women in, in this nigga's head rent free. Now, people think that the negative press that the passport broke movement has been getting is going to damper the movement. That's not going to happen anytime soon. And the reason why that's not going to happen anytime, I don't even want to say anytime soon or anytime at all, and I think it's going to grow, is because the laws are not changing in the modern day country. You see, a, a modern day, the modern day people, the modern day people are... They're incentivized, right? They're incentivized to lead, to file divorce and to get alimony. They're incentivized to be single modern day peoples. And what I mean by single modern day peoples, I mean single mothers. Let's get that, let's get that out of the way. So single modern day peoples, they're incentivized to get child support. Because if you have a man in the house, you can't get child support. You've got the man there taking care of you and the kid. So what they do is they find these men that make all this money in the modern day country and they be with them for about nine months to a year or two. If they have a kid, they dump them. They call them people that are they're, they're, They call them no good fathers, right? And then they go to the state and they get child support. And depending on how much that man makes, is how he pays. And normally it's 25 to 35% of your income. Now, if you're making six figures, you're going to pay around two, $3,000 a month in child support. Regardless, uh, okay. right? You're going to pay for that. Right. Now, uh, okay. the uh, way that's a discipline. Uh, okay. And so you're just parroting other people's talking points at this point. Let's let Kuda break it down for us. Let the Thailand OG DJ Kuda put us up on game. So, Freddie, since we're here, do you, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, my gosh. Um, you want to introduce yourself? You should 
All right, so listen, let me let me give y'all the deal, okay? And shout outs to everybody here. Um, shout outs to this young player. Shout outs to uh, Austin. No, Hollis. bro, don't do that. Kuda, don't do that. Young, yes. Player, no. <laughs> no, don't do that. Do not hype this man's head up already more than what it is. Shout outs to everybody that, you know, made it safely to Thailand. Um, I heard there's a young man now, I think his name is Rex or something like that, um, who was killed. Uh, they found his body in Thailand. Um, give me a second. Yeah. So. Fitness you know YouTuber Leo Rex. Fitness wow. YouTuber. So. Okay, well, let's go look him up real quick. Leo Rex. Autopsy. Let's see what the autopsy says. Oh. Oh, this is him. Oh. Holy cow. YouTube's phallus enlargement grifter suffers bloody death in Thailand. Cops in Thailand say the American influencer's apartment had been ransacked. Who did you piss off? A self-described masculinity biohacker famous for once declaring himself the most, the foremost expert in penis enlargement. Oh, wow. On his popular YouTube channel. Died mysteriously Monday inside an apartment in the coastal Thai city of Pattaya. While the local cops haven't declared uh, our Rex's cause of death details, they released paints a grisly scene that suggests the American influencer may have been br brutally killed following the struggle. Uh, Rex, whose legal name is Laith. Abdallah Algaz was found face down in a bathroom surrounded by cannabis, antidepressants, bipolar disorder, medication, sleeping pills, and muscle boosting antibiotics. He was naked besides a black shirt and had a black eye and still had blood flowing from his mouth and nose when cops arrived. Wow. Pataya's police chief uh, said Rex's apartment appeared to be have ransacked with items scattered across the bedroom and bathroom, according to the local outlet. Rex's body was reportedly found by a friend who entered the locked apartment with a spare key after he hadn't heard from the influencer. Cops estimated he'd been dead for about five hours by the time they arrived, so he just missed him. Wow. We will be interrogating the victim's friends and a woman who, who had stayed with him before he died. We urge the public not to jump to any conclusions until a, a complete examination has been done. Uh, Rex was either 34 or 35. He was a Colorado native who reportedly moved to Thailand after his ex-wife, Lucy Colum, divorced him last year. Uh, in a request to have a domestic violence restraining order against her former husband last March, Colum said Rex abused alcohol, drugs, and was extremely verbally and emotionally abusive to her and their one-year-old daughter. Mm -mm. Colum said Rex's abusive behavior escalated when she became pregnant in November 2021. Once they learned the baby would be a girl instead of a boy, from then on, he allegedly alienated Colum from her friends and refused to let her leave their apartment unless she asked for permission. In a portion of deranged text submitted with Colum's court filing, Rex allegedly mes messaged her, you, sh you should have lived to serve me instead of feeling sorry for yourself 24-7. And I am happy with the way I treated you and believe you deserve much worse treatment. You deserve much worse. Much Rex YouTube channel Leo and Longevity had amassed 123,000 subscribers at the time of his death. Most of his videos highlighted bogus science that required disclaimers in each video before he dished out quacky advice. Wow. 
Okay. Uh, as bizarre as it sounds, the channel's most viewed video was titled How to Build a Better Penis with and had nearly a half a million views. And it wrecked towards followers. He successfully grown his manhood two inches through a system of pumping and weights. Jeez. Uh, many of Rex's videos were rife with misogyny, seemingly preying on sexually insecure men. Uh, YouTuber John Bravo, who just four months ago posted a video titled Exposing Leo on Longevity, where he grilled Rex and called him a con man, reacted to the news uh, of his old friend's death. Says he was my friend. We had a falling out. But even when I have a falling out with someone, they're still my friend. I'm just really shocked. So I don't know how to portray how I feel right now. You just don't wish this on your deepest enemy. Uh, Bravo said he asked a mutual friend to check on Rex just hours before he received word that Rex was dead. The YouTuber said he doesn't know what he was into over there in Thailand or what he was doing, but he was so shocked. Police, uh, Pattaya police say they're not listing the cause of death until an autopsy is complete. Y'all better stop playing, man. White or black, doesn't matter. Y'all over there, y'all going over these, <laughs> y'all leaving and coming back in body bags. Let's go. Remember um, a couple of weeks ago, probably like uh, probably like uh, a month or two ago also, I kept telling you guys, you know, you have to be careful and you have to be safe when you out here. Um, you have to have street smarts. You have to have, but the, the space got mad at me because I used the word game. Well, yeah, here's another one of those podcasts. You got to have game while you are, you got to have game while you are out here in Thailand. Okay, now the young brother that um, that was in the video with that young lady, though I am happy for him and though I am happy for her, I'm going to tell him why he made a mistake and where he's making a mistake. Okay, okay. Put us up, put us up on game. Game us up. DJ Kuda, I'm listening. Same thing with Austin Harleman. Once again, I'm going to tell him why he's making a mistake and where he's making a mistake. Okay. When you have a woman and you are a YouTuber, you need to keep your woman off YouTube. YouTube, for the most part, shouldn't know about your woman, don't have her talking, don't do none of that. I'm not saying to hide your woman, I'm not saying to silence your woman, I'm not saying to do any of those things. But what I'm saying is that you have to enjoy your relationship. You not keeping what you guys have in the confined, in your own home and stuff like that, and you going out and go do your own content and stuff like that, is going to fuck up your relationship. When this woman leaves you or something else happens, she is gonna start her own YouTube channel, and your friends and your people that you think fuck with you, they're gonna go over there. As that young man was kissing up on his girl and puppy love and smoochy smoochy and all this other shit, we don't need to see that, bro. Don't do that shit on YouTube. You hyping that woman's head up, okay? Word, word. You guys, this is your first time dating Thai women. I understand. It's exciting. But let me tell you something. Okay. Thai women, they, to a certain degree, and I hate to say it, the ones that date Farang, they are more like the women in the West, and they're trying to be more like the women in the West. The lemonade okay. braids and the attitude, and I can do it. I'll do it now. Or, you know, <laughs> you know that type of thing. I'm trying to be serious, though, for real, though. You know, you got to... You know, you got to uh, you got to laugh a little bit, but no, those those women, man, they're they're, they're they do subscribe to some of the stuff the women in the West do, just like how a lot of guys here, um, they want to do like hip hop style and stuff like that. God damn. They want to do hip hop style and stuff like that. I literally work with rappers 
and between here, Thailand, um, Laos, and everywhere and stuff like that, you know, so I know what the hell I'm talking about. A lot of those girls, they watch the videos, some of them they twerk, some of them they don't. Those type of girls that you guys are dating, those are the more younger generation ties. You kind of want to get with a woman that's probably, I wouldn't even say, I mean, because they look better out here and they age a little bit different. Probably get with a woman in her 30s or get with a woman in her, um, in her late, late 20s. Thai women, a lot of people don't understand them, but they're of a different speed. Like right now I'm in Laos and Lao women, um, they're more reserved, but they're more, you know, cool, but they're more like, um, I don't know how to explain it. They're more um, forward to a certain degree, but in a more reserved way. Thai women, what they do is they pretend shy, but they be having alternative motives and stuff that they, you know, that they want to have. I'm not saying Thai women are better than Lao women. I'm not saying Lao women are better than Thai women, but I am saying that there's a difference. Thai women appear shy at first, and, and, and then they, they're, they're really, I wouldn't say controlling, but controlling can be a word. They're really uh, directive. Like they, they, they're, they're direct. To a certain degree, that's good. But that's a woman of a different speed. Once again, shout out to DJ Kuda giving us, giving us the game. If you're a young guy under the age of 30 going to Thailand, check in with the big homie DJ Kuda. Tell him I said so. Thou women, they will approach you and stuff like that, but then they're kind of shy when accepting things or doing things for them and things like that. So there's a def there's definitely a, a, a difference between Lao and Thai women. So what I'm saying is, you know, you got to be able to watch what you're doing. Now, what I think both of them are doing, but they're young and they'll find out, and they probably, I'll, I'll risk them hating me now to be right later again, you know, um, they're, they're of a different speed. When you leave America and you go to Thailand or you go to any of these other places, stop telling them that you're a passport, bro. You're fucking it up for yourself for the most part. Because when that camera's off, you got to deal with that motherfucker. You dig what I'm saying? Stop telling them women, what women in the West are doing and what women in the West aren't doing. Stop telling them all that stuff, okay? That's going to give them an incentive to actually study you, okay? When you're in that puppy love, in that puppy dog phase, you can't just, like, this guy that's kissing up on this girl and shit like that, no homo. I hate to say it like this, but, nigga, there's nothing else you can offer after that. Women are... <laughs> give it to him, cool, tough love, tough love. Let's go. Looking for, okay, what's next? If you're already kissing up on her and you're, no homo, blowing your load early, you're already giving it up to her. Okay, so, you know, that shit gonna wear off very soon, you know? Now, I'm not telling you not to love your woman or, or really like who you're with and who, who's been treating you well and spending time with, but there's a way you have to go about it. And a lot of times, you know, when you guys are younger, which a lot of passport bros that have been deprived of real love and all this other shit, when you go to these other countries, the first motherfucker to cook rice for you or make a nice feminine gesture towards you, you're yeah. going to fall for that. Yep, every and time. And you don't want to fall for that for the sake of you and what you guys have going on in your relationship. So what I'm saying is, you know, be a decent brother. You know, um, 
Definitely, if she treats you right, definitely reward her and stuff like that. But do your relationship a favor and keep it between your relationship. You know what I'm saying? If your audience or your fans see her, she could be like walking around in the background or doing something or kind of just doing what she's doing while you're doing what you're doing. Or if anything, if she's going to be too much of a distraction, you know what I'm saying, work by yourself. But now what you're doing is because you don't understand how as a YouTuber to a certain degree, and for them, they're not used to that shit. They're a celebrity now. So God forbid, Austin, if you break up with your girl, she gonna be on YouTube talking greasy about you with the next nigga or with the next. Now let Austin tell it that's not his girl. Well, we gonna see in a minute, but let Austin tell it that's his tour guide. Now y'all knew as soon as he put that, that, that little Thai girl on camera the first time, you knew he was already with the girl. That was his, that was his woman. It wasn't just this damn tour guide, you know, but you know what? Okay, we'll just let the video play out. We'll get to the evidence. Whoever. Um, this guy, same thing for you. Those girls, yeah, they nice and, and, and whatever they got going on, but I'm telling you right now, they're a different speed. Y'all don't even see it at this point. You know what I'm saying? They're going to st start stepping all over you guys because being a gentleman, it, you, you just put yourself on a timer. Now, you can be a gentleman, but there's a way that you got to go about it. You understand what I'm saying? There's a way that you got to go about it. Um, there are, they are feminine, but you're seeing like a little bit bipolar. I, I call them like a, a Western kind of bipolar where it's like a little, like they, they, um, they're feminine and stuff like that, but they have like uh, Western American outbursts and stuff like that. You know, that's how the ladies are out here. Can you find cool ones? Cool, but kind of find the ones that's quiet, reserved, keep to themselves. They really talk to you behind closed doors and they do their thing and you do your thing and enjoy your relationship. You don't have to gloat it and put it all on camera. F these people. Just let them know, look, there's good women out here, man. Y'all enjoy y'all night. Me and my lady about to go out for a night on the town. Check out what she's wearing and then she goes off and do whatever she does, okay? Richie Mac and all them dudes, uh, other than Chocolate Man, even though... I, kind, I like their relationship, but it's a little bit different. Him and Fa got a different dynamic going on. You know what I'm saying? But I want y'all brothers to be safe. I'm not trying to tear up no relationships. I'm just giving you some game, some news you can use. You understand what I'm saying? But that other guy kissing all over his girl, and then she's like, I'm, I'm this and I'm that and stuff like that. And I kind of seen some, a bit of the attitude. They are going to have an attitude mm -hmm. with you guys also. They're going to have an attitude, and one day you're going to get tired of it. You're going to be like, you're just the same. You're, you're going to get tired of that attitude, that the outbursts and stuff like that. She don't even make sense and stuff like that. And let me tell you something. If you a man from the West and you actually date the real thing, I don't know about you, but I know about me. So I look at somebody and be like, like you're not even like you're not even you're not even doing it right. You know what I'm saying? You're not even <laughs> attitude and right like like and you don't know what you're talking about. You got your little your little your little waist cocked and your and your head movement and all this other shit, but you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So just make sure, you know, y'all stay safe and hey, don't say I didn't tell you. It's player talk. Peace. Shout out to DJ Kuda. Once again, if you're under 30 and you're going to Thailand, check in with the big homie DJ Kuda in Thailand. Oh, Lord. You know what? Let's run it back. Because she's going to call. She's going to describe him. Okay. She's going to just, she's going to describe him and he ain't going to like it. Once again, pay attention to the body cues, language, the, the temperature, read the room. Because she's going to describe when we get to the 15 minute mark, she's going to use a description of him 
that he's not too fond of. Y'all ready? Let's go. I'll never lie. But uh, on another note, I will be in Europe after I finish Asia. So I'm going to go to the rest of Thailand, uh, Philippines, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Malaysia, Indonesia. I'm thinking about East Timor as well because I speak Portuguese and they speak Portuguese there. It's a Portuguese, it used to be a Portuguese colony. South Korea, Japan. And that should be it. I don't know about China. Then I'm going to Europe. I'll start in Eastern Europe, work my way to Western Europe. And then I'll go to Africa and work my way around the safest countries in Africa. <laughs> now you said that shit real quick. Work my way around the safest countries in Africa. Go ahead and reach out to O'Shea, brother. I'm sure he would welcome you with open arms in Uganda. I don't mind a, a little bit of danger, as I used to live in Brazil. What did this nigga say? What? Let me run it back, y'all. Because I now, now I'm I'm supposed to feel bad when something eventually happens to this dude. So I should feel bad, not if, but when something happens to this dude, I'm supposed to feel bad. Y'all gonna be like, slide chills too soon. It's too soon. Is it really? Is it really? Let me run it back. What he said. And when I call this nigga slow, y'all like, nah, slide, chill, chill, nah, nah, son, chill. No, this nigga is slow. He is delayed. He's on the spectrum. Because you survived Brazil, because they ran you up out of there. Now you, now you, you, wow. Let's go. They speak Portuguese. There's a Portuguese. It used to be a Portuguese colony. South Korea, Japan. And that should be it. I don't know about China. Then I'm going to... Europe. I'll start in Eastern Europe, work my way to Western Europe, and then I'll go to Africa and work my way around the safest countries in Africa. I don't mind a, a little bit of danger. And, and Austin, why don't you mind a little danger? Why, why, why do you not mind a little danger? As I used to live in Brazil. See, 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 it's not if, it's when. It's not if, it's when. And ain't nobody checking this dude be like, bruh, you doing way too much. Your mindset, <laughs> you are not ready for these places you're trying to go visit. You're not mentally, you're not ready, bruh. You're going, jeez, what's wrong with these dudes? Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Zill has plenty of danger. But for sure, Ethiopia, South Africa, Tanzania, Kenya are on my list. So wait, I have a. I K thought this was your tour guide. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. So I thought this was your tour guide, bruh. I thought this was your tour guide. This ain't his woman? I thought, I thought this was his tour guide. I thought it was just keeping it professional and making content. What happened with it? What happened, y'all? Wait, 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 what, what happened? Was she in a t-shirt on the on the bed and shit, nigga? This, I thought this was your tour guide. 
What happened? What happened? What happened? Black man. Black man. What happened, black, black man? Oh, my God. Okay, let's go. Let's go. It is very late. So, D, I'm going to take my phone here because I'm going to let Kate take over. And I'm going to let y'all... I'm going to let y'all uh, ask her some questions. Don't ask any dumb shit. No dumb shit. Mods, for, for any uh, disrespectful comments, block their ass. Please. This woman ain't touched her roots in about four months. This woman ain't ain't re-dyed her roots in four months. Boy, that's... Boy, this is this is the this she is the epitome of submission and femininity. This woman they touched her roots in four months. Ah, uh, yeah, tour guides wear lingerie everywhere. Sly, uh, okay. <laughs> See what happened was. <laughs> Let's continue. And no simping, please. She used to live in America, but I'm gonna let her tell this story so she knows about. She used to live in America. Okay. How thirsty. She she said when she was in America, dudes were very thirsty. And I, I said, and I told her why. Because the way how America is set up is made for y'all to be thirsty. And I know that because I wasn't thirsty like some of y'all. Yeah, yes, nigga. Yes, you are. You were and still are. But let's go. But I can understand. I had certain... When you got less of a commodity, you overvalue it. Uh, but when you have beautiful women all around you, you don't... You're not as thirsty as some of y'all are. DJ uh, Jarvis, appreciate that super chat. I'm going to check my phone. I'm going to let y'all ask her a couple questions. So far, we got 160 people watching. Hey, Austin, good to see you. You're safe. Next month on the 23rd, I'm off to Medellin, Columbia. Continue living your life by your own rules. Say yourself, Black Men Tell K. I said hello. Be well, Austin. Thank you very much for that super chat. He said, bro, just give me the manager's number. I'm not checking my phone no more because they don't sound right. Yeah, they're they going to violate those rules. But once again, he had learned his lesson. He was like, I'm just not going to be showing women. I'm not going to be showing women. I'm just going to show y'all the sites and all this extra stuff. She's just my tour guide. Nigga, just keep it real with yourself. Keep it real with yourself. Listen, don't put on the front for, for the YouTube. Don't put on the front for YouTube. Don't do that. Come on, man. Have some integrity, man. Oh, my God. Now, I will be watching from my... I'll be watching right here, actually. Now, I'm going to have Kate introduce herself. Give a little... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you went to Thailand <laughs> and got you an, an Americanized Thai, Taiwanese girl. Thai girl. You got you... <laughs> you went to Thailand to get you an Americanized Thai, Thai woman. <laughs> what in the hell? A little bit of her background. And yes, Kate is very solid. She has my back. You know, she said she wanted to talk to Uganda boy. The guy that talked shit about my mom. She said, I know that bastard's watching. She said she wants you to come up. Hello. So I'm let her go ahead and uh, talk. Yeah, come on. Let this woman. Okay. Eat. Okay. As a content creator, that at one point or two has shown you your first responsibility is to protect the woman, like protect her, like 
if she's not already used to being on camera and, and being in the public eye and celebrity stuff, your job is to protect the woman regardless, man. Oh, this is bad. Well, okay, let's let Kate, who ain't had her roots touched in four months, let's let her tell her story. Hi. Hi. This boy actually getting married. No. Okay, so let me, uh, let me turn off the chat for a minute so oh you can God, introduce sis. yourself. You ain't right. And sis, give everybody right. an overview of who you are. Martina, and how you hey. found me. No, don't tell me how you found me. <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Kate. Okay, um, I um, literally saw that comments is what my real name. Um, uh, which name do you want? Because literally my parents give me like name Kate, but I was I live in Thailand, so I want to have my Thai name. My Thai name is Thangua, but I know you can't say that. Um, Thangua. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. How did I met him? I'm not going. Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna tell us how you met him? But I I thought he's your you're his tour guide. So why would you not tell the story of how you met him and you became his tour guide? Why are you keeping that a secret? I mean, you're already on camera. <laughs> you're already on camera in a t-shirt in his room. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, no, we like, met. you said what? Details about what? How, how did we meet each other? So we, met, we met each other in Bangkok. Yeah. And I needed somebody to show me around Bangkok. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm going to read a couple chats real quick. Somebody says, blink twice if you're safe. Block this motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, let me, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna interview her because uh, <sighs> I'm gonna interview her. So, I remember you told me you speak more than one language. Of mm. course, at least two. What languages all do you speak? English, Thai. I speak a little bit of um, sweet German and a little bit of Korean, and I speak a little bit of Laos, and my mom's native language is so basically like six languages. Six languages, guys. Six languages? Yeah. Did say something in German? Boy. Something in German. Like, um, what do I want to say? I don't know, say, say, how are you? How are you? Oh, you know, um, in, in German. Hi, if you get this, dear. What else? Really? Yeah. That's it. Wow. Okay, I need to learn German too. Why is she? Because. Because she did. Okay. Because that's fine. And um, yeah. And where exactly have you lived at all together? You did. Did you say that already? Mm -hmm. well, okay. You said you lived in the United States for how long? A while. I was a back and forth a lot. So. A and, while. And your parents are Italian and American, correct? Yeah. Okay. So. You're. Uh, no. Not, no. 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 Don't go to the details like that. I'm not going. I don't even know. Um, what oh no, we don't want to know your all your innermost secret thoughts. Don't tell us. No, please don't. Don't reveal everything to us. Okay, my family live in America in San Francisco, the Bay Area. So, so her folks are in the Bay. Let me guess. I remember as a young child watching the news 
there was a mass exodus out of Laos and Thailand and South Korea. I remember people were hanging off the commercial planes trying to get out of Laos. I remember when the news would actually show harrowing stories. I remember watching Asian people hanging off the wings of a goddamn commercial airliner jet. I remember one guy hanging off the landing guide and he fell to his death. This was on the news. What year was this? 1981, 82. Nick, can you confirm what I'm saying, please, sir? I remember as a young wee lad watching the news with my father and there was these people hanging off these commercial airliners. And I'm just sitting here like as a wee young lad, like dad, why are they hanging off the plane? And then I go back and watch and the guy falls off of the landing gear to his death. Watching the news. I, I know I'm not the only one that saw that shit back in 1981, 1982. I know I ain't the only one. So you went to Thailand to get a Thai girl that's been westernized. We saw the same thing in Afghanistan. Lord have mercy. So you went all the way to Thailand. What are the odds of you going to Thailand, of all the people you're going to meet in Thailand, you meet the one chick that has been westernized in America, in the Bay of all places. You have got to be kidding me. You cannot make this shit up, y'all. Let's continue. Oh, um, yeah, I was back and forth a lot. So I, I, I knew a little bit about America. Okay. So I'm not going to say like, I knew everything, but I knew a little bit of, you know, so, um, how long I back and forth a lot. So I'm not really sure like how long, not that long. Like, you know, so somebody says, does Kate work out? Do you work out? Nope. Why not? Cause I, I used to, uh, I used to dance a lot. Like I, I learned how to dance and, um, yeah, I look like serious, serious dance. Like I used to be like, like kind of like, um, actually I love K-pop. I'm just like a regular, um, she likes K-pop you know, girls in high school. I love K-pop. So I learned to, uh, study about like, uh, dance and K-pop and like street dance and whatever, every kind of like, I, you know what I mean? So I, that's why, that's why I learned how to speak Korean. I used to live there for like four months to learn about um the culture and uh the language that's why i speak a little bit so there's of, been great yeah so there's been a, a number of people that have said that uh you're just okay now we're coming up to the part where she gives him where she describes him and he doesn't take too kindly to the her description of him okay we're, we're getting to it she's going to describe him in her mind or her view, her perspective, her truth, and he's not going to take, he's going to take offense to it. You ready? Let's go. 
a broke hooker using me for dates. What do you think? What do you have to say about that? First of all, um, if I can't afford myself to go to America to go stay in Switzerland before and stay in Korea and went to Japan or whatever, do everything that all, all of my trip by myself, how the fuck that I can't afford myself to buy my own food? Just think about it. I don't need him to pay my food. I you hear the sass come out, sisters? Y'all hear the poor imitation of y'all? The uh, Sisters, do you hear the poor imitation of y'all? Do you hear the poor imitation? You hear the the, the fake sass? Like, I'm this this yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I pay my own food. I I can literally, first of all, Thai, Thailand's are, you know, everything like so cheap, good quality. Food is so good. People like so nice. Even literally you walk around on the street, you like foreigner, they're going to give you some free food. Like, hey, you want to try this? You want to try that? Because, you know, like Thai people nice as fuck. You don't even have to like pay for food sometimes. Thai people nice as fuck. He nice as fuck. <laughs> what? He nice as fuck. <laughs> you did all that. <laughs> you could have went to San Francisco. <laughs> you could have went to Frisco to find this chick. For real. You could have went to Frisco. Oh, no. No, 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 nigga. No. <laughs> You know, that's a Thai culture. And the thing that it, somebody said, like, I need him. The thing he would just did every day, just go to the gym and take me to get some food. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Let me ask you something. Did anybody don't, you don't eat food like three meals a day? Because I have food like three meals a day, every day. And if he's not going to come with me. I'm going to go myself or with my friends. I don't need him to pay for my food, but he nice guy. That's why he paid for my food. He there it is. She called him a nice guy. Look at his facial expressions. Look at his facial expressions. The worst thing a woman can call a man is a nice guy. Y'all know this. I know this. We know this. I know this. You know this. We know this. The worst thing a woman can call a guy, a man, is a nice guy. Huh? Huh? He nice guy. Let's run it back. Let's watch his facial expressions, y'all. It's golden. It's golden. Three meals a day, every day. And if he's not going to come with me. I'm going to go myself or with my friends. I don't need him to pay for my food, but he's nice guy. That's why he paid for my food. He paid for my food almost every meal. Now, nice guy is not a good term in the United States. It's not? It's not? <laughs> And she's going to be like, but you are a nice guy. <laughs> wait, wait, it gets worse. Nice guy means sucker in the United States. So can you describe what a nice guy means? I mean, nice guy, it just can't be like, you just respect somebody, like everybody. It's no, no, it's called respectful. See, respectful and nice are two different things. Respect doesn't equate nice. And nice doesn't e equate respect. You can be respectful and or nice. They're not one and the same. But let's continue. Look at his facial expressions, y'all. It, it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be on just like girl. You can literally respect everybody. And like it's 
it's not enough you just pay my food but like you're nice to me how can i figure out a way to unhurt your feelings by calling you a nice guy how can i figure the best way to unhurt your feelings by not calling you a nice guy how can i uncall you a nice guy like you want to like i mean it's you're not nice to me just like paying for my food you know like we like catch the vibe and everything like we hang out we do stuff like you respect me like you know what i mean it's not just like that like and i'm not a hookah first of all i'm not i'm <laughs> not a hookah he doesn't i'm not a hookah okay we no one said you were but okay pay me not even single dollar for to take me out or just like hey i'm gonna pay you this come on come with me like, no no not even one dollar he have to pay me for because i'm gonna go with him because i feel like this guy is like really nice and can be friends i can be around him he can be around me and then we like hang out you know what i mean and then i think i think like we can be like really good friends you know like good relations like friendship friendship oh friendship oh, care bears friend friendship stare care stare friendship everybody hold hands the care bear stare friendship <laughs> this is care bear stare friendship <laughs> remember in fifth grade your friend made you a friendship bracelet <laughs> I remember in fifth grade, your friend like <laughs> threaded you and, and made you a motherfucking friendship bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, is it do anybody like you know? I I need I have a lot of friends who was a boys and girl whatever everywhere everywhere so like he he met my friend too he's from miami remember patrick he's a guy too and he's a really nice guy like who's patrick from miami he he don't want to hear about patrick from miami he don't need no reminders about patrick from miami oh lord lord lord, lord. really cool guy he's my best friend we hang out a lot we like just like this and i want to have some friends like um, and he just got here. He had no idea about Thailand, but I was just, I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, like trying to show him around, be friend. It's like tour guide. It's like that, but like, it's not, it's not about like, hey, she, she gonna be like, I'm gonna be his tour guy and he has to pay me every day. So she like that. No, I can get paid. Just like he pay my food. That's enough for me. I'm nice as fuck. Like I'm cool. You don't need to like, we just say that because I'm his tour guy. Just show him around, but he, you don't have to pay me nothing because I was literally like, I am hundred percent. Like I am, I want to show you around. The more she talks, the worse it is for him. He should have just cut her off and be like, hey, okay, I got it from here. Thank you. Thank you. The, the more she talks, the worse. <laughs> this kid over here taking L after L. <laughs> and because you're a nice person, I'm a nice person, and then we just, you know. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, okay, you are yes. a uh, yes. celebrity okay. on YouTube now because you did me like this. Can you explain what was going through your mind when you decided to do this? Um, I'm just playing, actually. I don't have a gun to her head. She speaks, she speaks like the girls in South Korea. Cause I can speak Korean a little bit. 
not hundred percent high school. I learned. I used to learn. So you in high school too. You you were just playing. Yeah, I'm just playing. I'm not even that serious. Like, if you see the on the video, I would literally do this, and I was like, you know, like I'm I'm smiling. Don't read the jet yet. Don't read yeah, the jet. I'm, I'm just no. I'm literally just playing. I'm. I'm I didn't mean to. No, first of all, I never ever disrespect anybody with just slap on the face like that. Never, ever. Keep and I'm talking. not gonna do that. I'm intrigued. But Keep we talking. literally like it's might be because like I feel like really comfortable and I feel like oh I can play with him like that. That's why I'm like. And when he says something, I was like, oh my god. You know what I mean? I didn't mean to like slap him on his face. If I did that. He might be mad as well. He might be slap me back. If I did that for real. You know, it's like, um, people that just met and literally like slap. I did I slap you like that though? No, did you heard no, it all? Exactly. That and then the thing that you know, people talk about, like, oh, bro, yeah, like for real, did you didn't see like I'm smiling at the same time? I'm literally do this. I need slap like this. No, I'm not rude like that. I'm just gonna slap somebody's face. I'm almost literally just like, oh my god, like this. You know what I mean? Not like that. No. Oh, it just gets how long he keeps running. I know people are so sensitive. I know that, but this is not me and i understand that because people don't know me like that i understand i do i am completely 100 understand so i didn't but i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that i mean i didn't oh, mean no, to you that. tell me yeah, sorry yeah. i wasn't Club fortune. i say sorry he shit on american women for this brother that's the comment of the night he shat on american women for this i can go to frisco right now and find Fifty hundred thousand of hers. Matter of fact, they down the damn street from me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can find her literally across the street, on 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 the corner. Okay, literally, literally across the street. They all drive Acuras, and they they all they're all slammed. They all got the 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 stupid loud uh uh. What do we call them? The fart cans or, or like the bazooka bomb mufflers literally across the street from me slammed uh, uh, Acura uh, TSXs. Literally, literally on the corner, on the corner, right there, her, literally. Wow. Wow. A lot. A lot. That's not true. I did. Uh, Stop. They said do a weed vlog. Uh, I can't do that. Huh? Uh, let's read a couple of these super chats. They said, he said, give us another smooch on love. Dream said. Back. I'm getting bored. And then I just come back. Because I feel like, um, no, first of all, my family here. But I have my family there too. But I just feel like I want to, I want to. It's different. It's super different. My 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 life there and here. I feel like here I got what's to say. But like Thailand, people ask me a lot about between like Thailand and America. Like why why what is different? Right? It's completely different. But um, well, I don't I don't know. I I love Thailand more because I can do stuff and everything's so cheap and everything like. I, I don't know, like, have a lot of places that I really, I mean, you know, I, I feel home, you know what I mean? I feel like home. And I, even, even I lived there for a while, but I, I still, I mean, I still like America, but, but 
I feel like here better. I feel like better. You feel and better. I know um, some of my friends who live in America and live in Thailand, I know that they're going to say the same thing. All of my friends in America, they want to come back home, but it's just some reason they can't. You know what I mean? They all want to come back home, but they can't. Okay, you know what? I've had enough of them. We're going to get to my third and final topic tonight. Um, Real quick, Lee. Brandon, thank you for the five on the cash app, bro. Appreciate it. He said, for they be nice as hell to the non-black women. So, so. <laughs> Wait, let's see. Let's, let, me, let me watch another minute or so. Let's just watch another minute or more. Okay. Um, so why do you think American men should come to Thailand? Why to live? To live here? Okay. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not just gonna say like American men, like every like European, whatever. It's a lot of European in Thailand, a lot, you know. So they came out here, and um, for example, my dad, um, get married and stuff. Because I feel like um, I'm not gonna say like. I'm not gonna talk about all them girls, but like I feel like Thai girls, Thai girls, they're really wifey. I'm talking about. I'm not gonna say because I'm Thai that I say that. No, because I know. Yo, I, I kid y'all not. She sound like them up up north in the bay. She she sounds just like them. Oh man, you done went all that. Oh my god, you know how it's like when y'all when y'all go to uh, <clears throat> I don't know when you go to a whole nother city across the country. And this motherfucker's from your city there. It's like, oh, no, I didn't come out here to see y'all. Yeah, oh, man, come on. A lot of, like, European or whatever, like, Americans out here, they have, like, Thai wife and stuff, you know. I feel like Thai, Thai girls really, really, really white. What do they do? Like, they, okay, I'm, they can cook, they can clean, that's the basic, but I feel like they, like, really take care of you, like, like really i don't know i don't know how to explain and then like my mom my mom she's so nice she's like the best mom ever that's why my dad loves her you know what i mean like she, i mean she's the best and then um yeah i feel like all of our tigers have that i don't know it's just the culture too like we learn how to cook we learn how to clean we learn how to do stuff like that because my my, my grandma always said uh, my mom always said, like you need to do that she, I was like, no, I don't want to do that, but you need to do that because one day you're gonna have a family. You need to clean for your for like your house. You you have to cook for your um your family, your husband. Your you have to cook for your kids and stuff like that. So one day you're gonna have that. That's that's a culture. That's why I learned to do that. That's why I feel like Thai, Thai ladies is really really wifey because that's the culture just built us like that. Do you have kids? I don't. Yeah. I'm okay, I'm 25. What's that mean? I'm still young to have kids. That's a really big nah, responsibility. It's, 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 it's girls that give kids at 20, 21. My mama was 22 when she had me. When are you trying to have kids? Maybe like five more years. Five more years. When I was 30. Because I don't want to have kids right now or soon because I got a lot of like stuff to do. I want. I have a lot of places I want to go, a lot of countries I want to go. I love to travel. So. Okay. So you, you want you want more places to go to first hmm? you want more places to go to first is what you're saying okay mm -hmm. <laughs> i like the fact that you're including kate in your thailand con content also especially with your recent thumbnails that are catching a lot of attention i told her every day we go out i do the camera like this where i find some way to just get a still picture of her and she doesn't understand that y'all care more about her than me when it comes to the, to the thumbnail <laughs> if i put a picture of myself 
the results say otherwise. When I put a picture. <sighs> Shout out to Magbone for the two on the super chat. Um, talk fast. <laughs> okay. I, I've heard enough. Passport bros down hella bad right now. Y'all niggas down so bad. Y'all down bad, bad. I've been on for two hours. Okay. I've hit my mark. I want to wrap this thing up with the cousin pastor because he got some, he got some deets on this Tyree Nichols thing. And it's not what everyone's been saying. This shit is so far way out there. So let's let him break it down to us for us. And then we're going to get up out of here because I know it's late. So let's go. All right. Now, you see that picture there? Oh, God, his, his audio is and horrible. I can't hear him. circle. OG, I can't hear you, OG. I need you to get a better microphone, sir. Tyree. A mixer. You see interface. Him right there. What the hell? I can't hear shit. You see his picture. Can you guys hear him? I mean, I can barely hear. I got it, I got it cranked all the way up. Like, I got him cranked all the way up. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, tell cousin cousin pastor we need to get that audio bumping, man. We gotta get that audio fixed. Being taken by Demetrius Haley. Well, you see, okay. Let me do this. That. Let me do this. Let's look and see. Let me maybe it's that tab. Let me open up another tab and see if I can um. If he comes in a little louder. Let's see if he comes in a little louder on another tab. Nope, that's not it. That's not the channel. God damn it, it's the other one. I want the other one. Let's see if it's this one. Shit. Let me do this. Let me just refresh and hopefully that takes care of it. Being taken. Fuck, it's the it's his audio. By Demetrius. Haley. Well, you see, I got stuff around there. Y'all can see him as y'all can hear his him phone fine? in his hand. Really? I can't hear shit. Take a I mean, picture. I can barely hear him. Okay, I'll shut up and let, let him rock. He's louder well, than you. That, that's some bullshit. Y'all heard him fine? Goddamn conspiracy going on. 
might also say that all of the scorpions had to turn their phones in. And they found where he sent the picture. Oh shit! Okay. Mm, don't have mercy. To a woman that my soul said, "Cut that TV down! Or come close <laughs> the studio door." <laughs> Captions are unavailable, y'all. It will not let me do the closed captions. It says subtitles, cl uh, closed captions, unavailable because he probably didn't turn them on, on his, when he did, does his video upload. So for us, we have the option to turn on the closed caption for those that are hearing impaired. And, you know, once you turn it on, it turns it on for all your videos. But you have to go in and actually do it yourself to do so. So he clearly did, has not turned on his, his, uh, his closed captions for people to uh, be able to read what he's saying if they can't hear him. So, sorry. Oh. Uh was his form of something. She works in the hood. But they also found out that those on the Scorpion team were used to sending pictures to each other's phone. Okay, so he said the guy, the, the Memphis Five, would take pictures and send them to each other. Okay. Of persons but people they beat up. They had a song too. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Lord have mercy tonight. Let me give you something else. And then I'm through with this. We can talk about the birds and bees, the whales in the ocean. You remember watching the video where it's really on second tape. It starts off with the camera just showing the street. Then It turns. You see how it turns and it stays on the torture, the brutal beating. Well, that's the real time self. The Real Time Center is located on Adams Street. This, it used to be the old IBM building. Those of you that's old enough to remember IBM. But it's right across the street from Juvenile Court. That center is man 24-7. Well, it's not someone that's remotely every camera. See, what happened? And I had a former person that would know to give me the whole deal on the day. There's a sensor on there. And when 
that camera picks up certain noises, the camera rotates. When the camera rotates, an alarm goes off on the camera. Then, because you got hundreds of cameras in the center, then you get somebody that comes to the camera. I mean, I know he's taking forever, but this is kind of important because people were wondering, well, how did the camera, who moved the camera, how did it pan? So, yeah, there's a monitoring center in that building connected to that camera, and somebody clearly, when they, it's a, it's motion and sound activated, so once they got the alert, they panned the camera to see what was going on, and that's how you got. So they watched that in real time while this was going down, and nobody said, hey, y'all need to chill out because we can see you guys on camera doing this, Okay. So, what we have here is two things. You have personnel hired by the Memphis Police Department that man those cameras. You have police personnel the watch the brutal attack on Mr. Nichols. But let me give you what's most important. Benjamin, you're going to thank me for this one. Police personnel could see the beating that police personnel that's watching the room is full of giant monitors. If they could see what was going on, they could have called somebody they knew that that wasn't normal police procedure you just beating the hell out of somebody for the sake of just beating the hell out of them they knew that they knew that they could pick up the phone or picked up the radio and said it's such and such a corner this is going on lord have mercy tonight but I'm through. The seventh police officer that was relieved of duty, Dwayne Maurice Smith. Okay, so this is the cop number seven. Uh, the white dude, Phil, was number six. This is cop number seven that was relieved of duty. Lieutenant. that did nothing about it. By the way, he's been on the, he's 55 years old, he's been on the Memphis Police Department for 25 years.
He's going before the retirement board on Friday. He's trying to get the hell out of there. They were like a dooley. I'm just good at what I do. And the people don't appreciate what I do. I had somebody that knows Ben Pussenday. They went to school together or something. Lawyer school. Asked me, did I want Benjamin's numbers? No. This person told me, well, you did all the work. Yeah. Okay, I'm... All I'm listening for is the part, the part when he, when he says that Tyree came out to his stepfather, which is why the rumor about him messing with a cop's baby mama is, is false. I'm waiting to hear that part, but he's, I mean, I mean, I, I understand dramatic pause for effect and all, but man, just shit. I get it. I get it. I'm the easiest person in Memphis. All them goddamn reporters tomorrow. Breaking news, breaking news. It just came into us. Okay. I don't want to talk to nobody from no Greenwood, Mississippi. Unless you got some money with me. All that shit. Will you help me with this case? To get his... So it's 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 gonna be a lot of money. Pads and hands. The funeral today was about money. Lord have mercy. That's all it was about. The national coverage brings money. It was a publicity stunt. Just like Martavius crying on TV on the CNN. What you gonna do, Mr. Chairman? You call as soon as possible. Please do not need any trade instructions on this. Y'all wanna talk to these shady as uh, on ticket that Mr. Double N. Come on, OG, you gotta. Oh my OG, you gotta step this shit up. This is painful, like for real. This is painful. Double N, Double A, C P, full of shit. He been on the commission all these years. What the fuck has he done? Revamping. I'm salted because they didn't ask me to talk. Let those that you think can do this. Mm. I'm salted for using my gifts and my abilities. Oh, you coward motherfucker. Let me tell you something. Okay, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No diss. I can't. If y'all, 
It is at 1.25. You know what? I'll speed Power it up. Power on. More. Power so on. What Al said today. If I didn't have no haters, I wouldn't know what to do. I really wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. And somebody got to be bold enough that look like me to tell it just like it must. I'd be lying. I like some money too. And this is a business. Call me back. I got to get my money together. Okay. okay. Um, you know what? Not for me. Um, <laughs> shout out to Carrie. I can't, sis. I tried. I tried. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. No. 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 I can't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking G. No, I can't. Listen. Apparently. During this live, he, he he said that Tyree comes out. He came out to his stepfather that he's gay or bisexual, which would which kills the 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 myth or the the, the rumor he was messing with uh, the cops' baby mama. So that dispels that. So whoever she, Carrie watched it, I don't. I, she I didn't. She didn't give me a timestamp. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. OG. OG, please step this shit up, please, bruh. Please step this shit up. Please step it up. Please step it up. My 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 brain is is, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm moving. I'm moving. Like I'm moving. I don't I don't have time to sit through a church sermon, you know. But shout out to everybody that 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 messes with the, the cousin pastor. I have no issue, no beef. I just can't because the way my neurons fire. Okay. <laughs> My synapses is just too quick. This is too slow for me. I'm sorry. It was towards the beginning. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh. Oh, let's, okay, let's see. Let's see. Some shoes to match. And, um, got to call it around to see how the traffic was and the conditions of the streets. Then it's the town and on the TV. And that's, that's what I did. I uh, had an empty casket. Let me say this. Al preached. I enjoyed the message. Now, I, I the show. I do. I understand the show. The show was for national. I had about three to call me today. Okay, please understand that it was a show. So I listened to the speeches. I listened to with one minute. Preachers don't know how to do one minute. <laughs> they started calling names of people who had made all of this possible. Starting all of this. But I didn't hear my name. Me. Yeah. It was. I out him and I exposed him. I just do this shit because. Yeah. It, nope. 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 Can't do it. Can't do it. Nope. Nope. 
Cannot will not. <laughs> Get this off the camera. I'm good. Martina, Martina, you still owe me um a conversation. It's been, I don't know, two years now. So I'm still waiting for you and the conversation. I, I know that you're on the other side of the country of the world. I understand that. I'm patient. I'm a patient man. I'm a patient man. Why do I want to fight this? Man? <laughs> yes. This is a death by a thousand cut. Yeah. I would never do y'all like this to drag out a show. I would never do. But you know what? You know, older folk take their time and, with st- and I respect that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I'm just, you know, synapses are just too, too quick. I'm too quick. I'm too quick. Go to 3638. All right. Okay. So I was kind of close. 3638. Shout out to Carrie with the with the LT. The sun came out a year ago. And he told Okay, here we go. So he said the sun came out a year ago. So let's go. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. I know. I know. I know that you told the investigators that your son came out a year ago and he told you that he came out. Okay, so Tyree's stepdaddy told the investigators his son came out a year ago. Okay, wow. I know. See, one thing I want your lawyers to understand. I don't get the information he can't get. Mm. That's not making bad. But I, when I was, the story about about the female and him going there, I couldn't looking at him. I, I I couldn't see that. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Okay, okay. So then I get this call. From one of my reliable sources. Okay, okay. That sees the paperwork. Uh oh. So y'all, y'all ain't y'all don't think I'm important in all this shit? No way. I don't even brightly my tongue. See which. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Your son is gay. Uh-huh. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Okay. I got nothing against people who are gay, whether you're a woman or a man or in between. Okay. Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, cash out. I got nothing against that. Because no matter what, there was no excuse for those five officers uh-huh. to do what they did. Okay, okay, okay. The sixth officer, Preston Hemphill, that I exposed. This is 1.5, y'all. This is 1.5 speed. 1.5x. <laughs> 
not Sean King. And I saw you in town today, Jamal. And you saw it on Sean King's page after he stole it off of my page. And you wanted to thank him. Lord, I didn't put the picture. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna leave it there. Shout out to Carrie the, for the timestamp. Shout out to Thaddeus Matthews, aka the cousin pastor, for hopefully dispelling this rumor um, that he that Tyree was messing with one of the cops' baby mamas. Um, no, um, Tyree came out a year ago to his stepdad, and it's in the paperwork. So. There it is there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Woo. Shit. We got through it, y'all. We got through it. Macbone, where you at? Where you at? Thank you for the super chat, bro. Synapses. Yeah, man, listen. Synapses, man. I'm just saying. Listen, I know we all get old one day. Just not today for me. <laughs> I'm not old today. Just right now, today is not <laughs> you know, once you start listening to people's stuff, like on 1.25 speed, everything else is slow. Like I can't do normal anymore. Like I listen to everything at either 1.25 or 1.5 speed. I can't do normal. Like that shit is like, you know, I need it. Like, well, I still got it. You know what I'm saying? So, gee, well, that's crazy. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> Phone on 2%. I'm invested. Tell me what happened. No, just uh, Tyree had came out uh, a year ago to his stepfather, and it's in the paperwork. So the rumor is should should die with that. I'll chop it up and make it into a short to help get the word out that um that's not what happened with with, with Tyree. Once again, this this idea that people kept saying the beating was personal, no, because if that were the case, one of those cops would have slipped up and said something. During this 35-minute ass whooping. So hopefully that, that we can dispel that myth or that rumor, to, to, uh, you know, moving forward. So um, I'm going to get out of here. Wow. Um, it is officially midnight, my time. Um, it is officially day 24 on the road to 30. I will come back in a few hours, eight hours, 10 hours. Okay, I'll be back again in 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hours. I got to. I'll come back in about 12 hours. But once again, we hit day 24. It's officially day 24 on the road to 30. Uh, thank you for everybody that, that came to hang out tonight. I'm so sorry if I kept y'all up past y'all bedtimes. If you work in third shift, I hope I hopefully I got some of your hours knocked out for you real quick. Thank you for everybody that, that, that donated time and energy, donations, all that good stuff. Gave me about 12 hours to recover. For real. Y'all have a good night. Peace. <laughs>